with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week four in the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday nighter. Also, Andy's got a sandwich game. I've got a money line Matty pick, but first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator, Atridge. Another weird week in uh, week three. It certainly was. There are some good games, some snooze fests. Uh, they had that delightful game on Sunday night with my 49ers and the Broncos uh, with a lacrosse score being the end result. Uh, in fact, in the last 25 seasons, I found this stat, NFL teams are 2-31 and 31 when scoring exactly 11 points. One of them was the Broncos, and one of them was the Steelers back in 2008 against the Chargers. So typically, when you only score 11 points, you lose the game. Usually. And that's, that's actually that's a pretty large that's a pretty large sample for football. You would think so. Yeah. And apparently Jimmy G forgets how long a football field is. Um no, that was uh, that was really painful to watch, I'll be quite honest with you. Yeah, well both primetime games. I was gonna get to this when we were talking about the Bucks in primetime again this week, but whatever, I'm gonna bring it up now in that uh the, the NFL has had some snooze fest on Sunday and yeah. Monday nighters this year, and it's because they're putting their stock in the wrong team, like the Bucks, who I think are going to be stinkers this year. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Or not at least, like, they're not going to be electric. Like, what they should be doing, especially because that game might not even take place in Tampa Bay to the hurricane stuff. Uh, I think they should flex that game out, put it to the one o'clock slot and move the Bills Ravens game into prime time because there I think we'll get your, your money's worth. My boy's wicked smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What uh, actually in reviewing some of the stats from last week, I kept noticing the number nine showing up. For example, in the Broncos game, they had nine three and outs. And by the way, they still won that game. The Bengals' porous offensive line, known as the Matadors, allowed Joe Burrow to get hit nine times. Nine times. Nine times. In Washington, Carson Wentz, your guy, got sacked nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Oh, by the way, they scored eight points. Now, here's a new name that you're going to hear around quite a bit in the coming years. Chris Olave from the Saints. He had nine receptions for 147 yards, and I think he's going to become uh, Jameis' new favorite target, especially with Michael Thomas being banged up. Nine was the amount of stars that Tua was seeing after going into halftime, smashing his grape off the turf. I can't believe he came back from that. Nine seconds was the total time that he spent in concussion protocol. And I, I don't know if anyone saw that play, but the way that he was hobbling around and then called it a back injury, come on, man. That was brutal. Come on, man. Yeah, that was obviously a head injury. There's no buts about it. He looked like a, a boxer that was out on his feet. Nothing over till it's over. Just taking a left hook, you know? Yeah, and that's like the worst part of your, your melon to hit is when you hit the back of your head like that, especially if you weren't expecting to. Um, he probably yeah. took a really good beat there. I mean, 
the competitor in him, I applaud because he came back out and not only did he try to play, he ended up winning the game for them uh, with some outstanding well, play. But uh, you yeah. shouldn't be doing that when it could affect the rest of your career and life. This has nothing to do with the number nine, but how about your guy Khalil Herbert on the Bears? The rest for a buck fifty-seven. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. Huh? Oh, uh, there's a lot of people in uh, Chicago town and uh, on Bears Twitter. Me being one of them that thinks Herbert should be the real number one. He's a great north-south runner, and the Bears in total over two hundred and some odd yards uh, last week, which hadn't been done since the Sweetness era. And and that was he was averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Like that's. That's phenomenal. You guys should be excited. Is the Pope Catholic and making the world safe for pedophiles? Well, speaking of bears, uh, there's this movie, Cocaine Bears, coming out next year. It's by director Elizabeth Banks, and it tells the story of a drug runner whose plane crashes with a load of cocaine that's found by a black bear who then eats it, eats the cocaine. Now, of course, Andy's normally on the ground looking at football issues, but we wanted to dive further in this. And of course, the prognosticator knows how to get to the bottom. So this week, we found out the top five spoiler alerts about the movie Cocaine Bear. Number five. Bears fans turn out en masse thinking it's about the making of the Super Bowl shuffle video. I'm the punky QB known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. Number four. The bear wastes 10 minutes of screen time telling the audience what should have been a two-minute story. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Number three. It's actually a nature documentary about how that bear used his cocaine addiction to become the highest paid trader on Wall Street. Key to success in this racket is this little baby right here. It's called cocaine. Number two. Following hibernation, the bear had no appetite to eat salmon or anything else and started to die of malnutrition. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. And now, the number one. It's about the bear's eventual rise and fall as an O-line coach for the Miami Dolphins and the woman who brings him down. Hey, babe. Miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? There's those big grains falling, but I miss you. I miss you a lot. What do you think? Crazy? No, babe. It's going to be a while before we can do this again. Because I know you're going to keep that baby. But I think about you when I do it. I think about how much I miss you, how high we got together, how much fun it was. So much fun. The last little bit before I go to the meeting. Is that what you think? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Let's fire this up, Andy. Yeah, let's fire it up. Oh, you Go! 
All right, our first game is Sunday morning, which takes place in jolly old England. The New Orleans Saints are technically the home team. They're three-point underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings, 43-and-a-half the over-under. Now, the Vikings just grazed past the Lions last week in a game the Lions came from ahead to lose like only a Lions team can. And uh, I guess in the second half, Cousins remembered he wasn't in primetime, so he could win. The Saints didn't fare much better, though, in Carolina against what was a mediocre Panthers team. Could we be in for a Sunday morning snoozer? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Roger Goodell. <laughs> well, the last time the Vikings landed on the British Isles, I don't think it went. So, I don't think it went so well for the Brits, if I recall correctly. But yeah, this is, you're right. This is technically a primetime game, and technically that means that Kirk Cousins is about a seven hour flight, uh, a converted soccer field, and a spotted dick meal away from a ten and nineteen primetime record. I don't know what do they what do they call a red zone int in Britain? I got no idea. A cousins. Yeah, a Cousins, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jameis Winston, geez, wow, he said in an interview, that in addition to going to Buckingham Palace, his top tourist destination is the famous Grimsby Fish Market. Check out the crabs in the bucket. But seriously, folks, uh, usually, usually I say that the UK games come down to who has the more experienced and disciplined head coach, but these are first-year coaches, so I'm not sure who's going to respond better to the road trip. But if we look at what Winston did last week, it was the epitome of Jameis Winston. Uh, 365 yards through the air, one touchdown, and two picks. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking to it right now. The Saints have the eighth-ranked passing offense in the league, but it's a double-edged sword because the crab aficionado himself, Jameis Winston, has been known to give up a a few turnover opportunities. In fact, five interceptions thrown in the last two games. Tell us something that we don't know, motherfucker. Well, Justin Jefferson's taken a bit of heat, and deservedly so. He got off to an awesome start in the first half of the first game, but has done not much since. But even if he's facing double coverage, which I'm sure he will be, you got Adam Thielen and now K.J. Osborne. And they caught uh, 11 catches for a buck 34 last week, two touchdowns between them. So I, I think things are looking pretty good for the Vikings. New Orleans, in all three games that they played this year, they've trailed by 15 points or more in each of those games. And I just simply don't think they can afford to do that against the Vikings. You know, Michael Thomas has his toe injury. Uh, we talked about Olave, but, you know, this is a really, really low spread. I think you said it was three. I think it's ticked down at two and a half. Either way, I, I'm going with the Vikings either way. Well, the Lions pressured Cousins on almost a full third of his dropbacks. And I think had the Lions kept the pressure up rather than retreating to a prevent, they could have won that game. Uh, Kirk uh, Cousins was only starting to take advantage of the Lions secondary when they started falling back. The Saints need to get to Cousins. And if they're going to get to him, they got to do it for 60 minutes. And especially because Dalvin Cook's got a bit of a, a banged up shoulder. Although yeah. the, the Vikes have no problem using him properly. Last week, he churned out 96 yards on 17 carries. Um, probably would have went over 100 had they not had to go pass heavy to, to complete the comeback. This I agree with you. I like going with the coaches and, and the experience, but neither of these teams kind of has it. Kirk Cousins, prime time. Ooh, I know. It's I'm great. taking the New Orleans Saints to cover. It's game time. Uh-huh. 
The Kid Gowie yeah. Ravens Nation All we know is purple and black And if you're not a Ravens fan Welcome Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland yeah. M&T Bank Stadium Where our opponents don't make it out alive unless we bury them Up next, a game that I think should be flexed to prime time this weekend It's the Baltimore Ravens playing host to the Buffalo Bills Baltimore four-point underdogs at home 51.5 is your over-under uh, get this, Josh Allen is already over a thousand yards passing for the season and is still completing a little over 71% of his passes. Even in last week's loss, he threw for 400 yards, two tutties, no picks. However, 63 attempts. They might want to run the ball just a bit more. Uh, yeah. But you look across the other sideline, you got Lamar Jackson, and he is fucking feeling it this season. He's leading the NFL in touchdown passes with 10, including uh, his week three performance where he threw for four tutties versus a Belichick defense. He got all, also those four tutties came on only 218 yards passing. That's ridiculously efficient. Adding another 107 yards on 11 carries, which is back to back 100 yard games. But this is the stat that all that leads to. But why he wins with it is under incredible pressure, four sacks, 11 pressures. He managed to put up that kind of a stat line. When the play breaks down, Lamar Jackson can scramble and uh, he can get the job done with his legs and he can throw it on the run. Now, I have noticed, though, his favorite target seems to be uh, tight end Mark Andrews whenever the, he breaks the yeah. pocket and he's looking. So the Bills secondary would definitely be smart to key on Andrews when Lamar breaks the pocket because they might be able to sit on him and get themselves a little pick, especially with how depleted the Bills secondary is. Well, it's too bad that Lamar Jackson doesn't play defense. Um, last week, last week they gave up 447 yards to New England's offense. Let me say that again: 447 to Matt Jones and New England's offense. But Baltimore leads the NFL with 99 points, and they also lead uh, averaging 6.87 yards per play. So he can get it done. I'm actually I'm curious to know what the over under is on both quarterback rushing yards combined. But my God, Buffalo was just decimated last week. There was a mass unit. All right, now I'm giving you a direct order. You start getting better immediately or I'll operate again. This time blindfolded and sober. I think at one point they had 14 starters out of the game. And it was that South Florida heat. They were all sort of heat-related uh, injuries, the reasons why the guys weren't playing. Uh, but, you know, Jackson's still playing for his uh, contract. And he's doing a hell of a job doing it. Um, and he's playing at home. And he's playing at home. And in fact, the Ravens have covered six of their last seven as home underdogs of a field goal or more and winning four of those straight up. Here's a weird stat. And we talked about it via text recently. Buffalo has punted four times in its last three games. I don't know if you can make a, an over under high enough, but, um, I just, I'm not sure who's going to be healthy and who isn't going to be healthy uh, for the Bills. I like, I mean, obviously, Michael Hyde's out for the year, which huge, huge impact for them. But I'm liking the Ravens at home. Yeah. So the Bills' defense last week was killed by the big play. And if they do that again this Sunday, they could be in for another disappointing result. I mean, Lamar Jackson and his his boys are more than capable of making a big play. You mentioned Micah Hyde. 
Uh, they also lost corner uh, Christian Bedford last week in Miami. He's got to get hand surgery. And Hyde's backup, uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, is still listed as questionable. Now, he should go this weekend, but obviously he's still banged up if he's still listed as questionable. So they're really thin in the secondary. And by the way, their O-line's banged up too. Last week, the Dolphins got four sacks and 20 pressures on Allen. I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens at home and also at uh, plus 140. They're my money line Maddie pick. Oh! Oh! We head to New York City. Well, actually, the Meadowlands in New Jersey, where the Giants play host to my Chicago Bears. Giants three-point favorites at home. 39 and a half is your total. Not expecting a whole lot of fireworks in this one. Now, these are two teams that are very similar on a lot of columns on the stat sheet. And uh, so I'm, and I'm a Bears fan, too. So what I say really doesn't matter, because can you really trust me? But here, a, a couple things to say before I turn it over to Andy is that Sterling Shepard landing on IR last week was not awesome for a Giants team already weak at the wide receiver position. And also, last week, the Giants allowed 176 yards rushing on 30 carries for 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, the Bears back Khalil Herbert alone, like we talked about earlier, 176 yards and 7.8 yards a carry. Uh, the Bears dominate the ground game and continue to play their tight defense. At plus 150, I like them as a money line Matty pick. Oh! Oh! Well, as you mentioned, the, the Giants played the Dallas Cowboys, their division rivals, last Monday night, making this a short week for them. But on top of that, they fly to jolly old England next Sunday to face... Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in a 9.30 Eastern Standard Time primetime game making this. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So let's start with Danny does INTs. Now it's not all his fault. The Cowboys Pro Bowl defensive end Marcus Lawrence was going against a seventh round rookie right tackle Evan Neal. Holy crap. He got three sacks, but Evan Neal is in now what we like to call Dr. Phil protocol. Demarcus Lawrence has got another third of the night. Give Evan Neal an opportunity, and he doesn't even get uh, a hand or anything to slow Demarcus Lawrence down. Because that kid got abused. He got totally ripped up. And... If you go back to last season, week 17, the Bears beat the Giants 29 to 3. And they were six and a half point favorites at the time. And I don't think that there's a huge difference between the two teams in the roster, other than Saquon Barkley's got going quite a bit. But, you know, this is a definite sandwich game uh, for the Giants. I'm, I'm liking I'm liking the Bears here, and I would invite players from both teams to go down to Columbia Street in Brooklyn to DeFonte's and order menu item number 20, their hot roast beef sandwich. DeFonte's knows that great sandwiches start with great construction. The bottom half of a Brooklyn-baked hero roll is topped with thin slices of fried eggplant, 
house-made French mozzarella and rare machine-sliced house-made roast beef. The top half of the hero roll is then held at an angle as hot au jus is carefully ladled on. The result is a sandwich that maintains its textural contrast. The result is a sandwich that maintains its textural contrast. Juicy, fatty, creamy, crispy, and allows each of the ingredients to shine. Mmm, sandwich. Welcome to Tampa Bay. We buck them up when we raise the flag. Fire the cannons and seeds today. The crew's ready, all hands on deck, no and Sunday night, we head to Tampa Bay, where the Bucks are one-point underdogs at home against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, 44 is the over-under here. Um, now, you, you're saying the line has moved from two and a half, Andy. Yeah, and I think that has to do with the fact that it's not likely going to be playing, be played in Tampa Bay because of the hurricane. So they're either, they're, they're going to consider two neutral sites. One is Minnesota, and... One is New Orleans. Now, I'm not sure how neutral New Orleans is. So I don't think they have a, a lot of laws for Tom Brady and the, and the gang. Let me tell you something before, like Brady's hot garbage this year. And we were all worse off having to watch that broadcast version of Xanax in primetime with the Packers Bucks last week. I was, that was fucking terrible. How the fuck do you get a delay of game penalty on a two point conversion? When you're down two fucking points. These are things that make you say. I don't know. Look, I a Super Bowl contender is coming to town and the Bucks are not playing high caliber football. I don't know how they stop Kansas City's weapons. Even if it's not a blowout, I can see Kansas City being able to cover two and a half points. Or one or whatever it's going to be. Uh, this is only the second time uh, since Tom Brady's gotten to Tampa Bay that they've been a home, a home underdog. But this is the Super Bowl matchup from two years ago, in which Casey was favored. They're favored again, and as you say, I, I, I just don't see much in the tank for the box. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. Fucking 49ers, fucking 49 Come on, nobody! Fucking 49ers, fucking 49ers. In our last game on the docket, we go to San Francisco for the Monday Nighter, where the San Francisco 49ers are two and a half point favorites against division rival LA Rams. 42 and a half, you're over under. And unless the Sharps already know the Rams have been bought off by Big Oil, I think this line's a little out of whack. Like, I have no idea what the Niners have done this season to deserve being two and a half point favorites against the defending Super Bowl champs, even at home. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I think the lines moved down to one and a half, but whatever. <laughs> it's irrelevant. No, I mean, consider the 49ers. Yes. Do they lose all pro left tackle Trent Williams? Yeah. Is Elijah Mitchell their top running back out? Yeah. Eric Armstead, Pro Bowl uh, defensive lineman, not playing? Mm-hmm. But that that was just inexcusable. And I'll I'll tell you not what I do have for this game in terms of commentary. I'll tell you what I don't have. And I don't have any stats. I don't have any trends. I don't have any head-to-head -head matchups. But what I do have is someone who's able to read lips on the sidelines. And apparently, right after that game, Jimmy Garoppolo said, all your plays suck, man, to Kyle Shanahan. All your plays suck. 
It, you know what? It's funny because right. I'm, I'm, I'm a carpenter. That is my trade before radio, <laughs> anything else. That's carpenter. And it's only a shitty carpenter that blames his tools. Yeah. No. And, but I mean, like Kyle Shanahan's playbook. I mean, that's his, that's his, that's his baby. I mean, the, the thing's the size of war and peace, but like, you're not even making fun of the guy. You're making fun of his intelligence. And as I say, I don't care that this is a divisional matchup. What this game is, is going to be a referendum on how these two move forward for the next couple of years. Because if things don't write themselves, uh, personality-wise, it's going to be a long rest of the season for them. But as you say, I'm not sure what the bookmakers were thinking. There's absolutely no way that the 49ers should be favored here. I hate to say it, but I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, the Rams aren't exactly, like it should be said, they're not exactly in their Super Bowl form either. Like Matt Stafford's throwing four touchdowns and five picks this year. Um, so maybe less time starring in commercials and more time throwing a football through a tire there, Matty. Pizza, pizza! Yeah. But, but, um, I remember as an NFC North team fan, I remember he sometimes would go through a cold spell here and there, but eventually that kid's going to wake up and be the dude that's chucking the ball around the yard. And so the Niners, if they really want a chance at winning this game are, are, are going to have to get on that train of, of, of upsetting Matty ice I just I don't know how especially with left tackle Trent Williams out San Francisco is going to deal with Aaron Donald and co it's going to be a long day for Jimmy G regardless of he could you know you could have Vince Lombardi himself come back down from heaven and design up the greatest playbook that he and God is have discussed but if you if you got no time to throw the ball I think that the Rams cover on the road pizza pizza All right, time for the teaser. And uh, every week we like to give you guys a, a six-point teaser that you can uh, put in your pocket for game day on Sunday. So what do you like, Andy? Well, it may or may not surprise you, but the Philadelphia Eagles have scored 24 points in the first half of all three of their games so far this, this season. And I think Jacksonville is a really up-and-coming team. They've got a proper coach now. The quarterback's playing well. But I, I look out, I'm looking for the Eagles to get off to a quick start, and I'm going to take them on the first half at minus four. Second leg of my teaser is a divisional game between the Titans and the Colts. It's got a low total of 43, and I like taking the Titans from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half. So again, Philly on the first half at minus four, and Tennessee to plus nine and a half for the whole game. Well, a couple of road dogs for me this week. First in New York, where the G-Men are welcoming the Bears to town. I want to take the Bears from plus three to plus nine with a total of under 40 expected. Uh, the final score should be a pretty tight spread. And up next then, uh, Monday night football. The Rams head to San Francisco, as we discussed, and they're two and a half point underdogs. Take that number from two and a half to eight and a half going through the key numbers of three and seven. I think you got yourself a winner. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. 
Well, thank you for listening to week four of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week four games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you don't have any friends, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. It's game time. Uh-huh. The Kid Gowie. Yeah. Ravens Nation. Oh, we know it's purple and black. And if you're not a Ravens fan, what? Welcome. Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. M&T Bank Stadium uh-huh. Where opponents don't make it out alive unless we bury them yeah. Every team be afraid of them, especially all the quarterbacks wow. our defensive linemen won't hesitate to leave you, you set Let's take a minute, go back to Super Bowl 35 yeah. Domination was an understatement up against the Giants uh-huh. Numerous touchdowns. touchdowns, they put up numbers yeah. And it didn't take a nutritionist to see they hunger see Only they stat Kerry Collins could get was interceptions yeah. He must have thought throwing to the D counted as receptions yeah. The pass was legendary, but don't sleep on the present Our secondary make quarterbacks avoid their direction You trying to run the ball, you better hope your blockers work You can juke, you can spin, but your destination's the turf This is a man's game, being soft will get you hurt Watch the defense force a fumble and the fans go berserk 17 weeks, only one league out of 32 squads No one's messing with our team We all bleed black and purple, you can check our IVs Raven Nation fly high, watch us all spread our wings Put your game face on, embarrass the competition You ain't talking about the greatest if the Ravens Aren't mentioned through every other team Cause those dudes are whack In Baltimore the only thing we know is purple and black Go! They always win when the championships on the lines And with you hoping that they failed And you really wasting your time Going next to 49ers I'm pretty sure they remember When they made a comeback But weren't declared the winners Two rings down But you know they won't stop now If the opposing D's call slipping You know exactly how that goes That's another deep connection For six points in the end zone The stadium goes wacko Ravens put in work Pittsburgh Steelers That's still curtain It's looking more like a skirt So tell me who they say Is gonna beat them Bengals Who used to be the Browns Until they relocated Ravens They are one of the greatest There's simply no denying it To beat them Bringing your A game's a requirement With the youth of the team I bet they still be dominant Even after the greatest Linebackers retirement 17 weeks Only one league Out of 32 squads No one's messing with our team We all bleed black and purple You can check our IVs Raven Nation fly high Watch us all spread our wings Put your game face on Embarrass the competition You ain't talking about the greatest If the Ravens aren't mentioned Screw every other team Cause those dudes are whack In Baltimore the only thing we know Is purple and black Go! (laughs) 